It's The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Stéphanie. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Stéphanie. Uh, how can I help you tonight? Well, I'm hoping you can. So my husband is constantly making plans without talking to me first. He has invited family over to the house, but to also stay the night. And I won't find out about it until they're coming in the evening. This has happened multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, and just recently, um, we're taking a family vacation, and he just extended the vacation without like telling me about it. And we have my nephew's birthday party. He's going to be two. So it mm -hmm. actually, now we won't be back for the party. And I can't seem to get through to him to just talk to me first. Um, when you've talked about it with him, what was his answer? Because obviously, when you are married, when you live together or in a partnership, I mean, it's both you house. It's not his or just yours. And you decide together. So what's his reasoning? To be honest, I don't, I, I don't really know what his reasoning is. Usually I'll ask him, like, hey, well, why didn't you bring this up sooner? And he's like, oh, you know, I just got busy. And it's not a big deal. It's just family. And, and what do you say? Usually kind of, um, I say, well, it is a big deal. You know, I want to be able to prepare to have, you know, people stay in the house. I have to, you know, wash, you know, all the bedding and get things together. And that takes time. And, and then I have to change my day. And mm -hmm. this last time I was doing that, he just said that it wasn't that big of a deal and everything will be fine. And he took a work phone call and walked away. Okay. I have a very practical solution. It's going to solve all the problems. Mm -hmm. Um Next time it does that, don't prepare anything. And you also take a phone or go out and let the family come in. Nothing will be ready. And you said to yourself, well, you know, I was thinking you would do it. So a couple of times you do that, trust me, you will understand the effort you're putting into it, and he will change his mind. Sometimes with guys, we have to learn the hard way. And I think it would not be a bad thing that next time he does that, just don't do a thing. Let the thing happen and... If anybody complains, said, look at him and said, you didn't do it? I thought it was no big deal. I thought you would do it. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I... <laughs> Listen, okay. you're not the maid of the house. You're not paid to do the house all the time. It's a compromise. It's 50-50. So, you know, it's like he thinks he lives at a hotel. So, yes, if you live in a hotel, indeed, you could say to whoever is in charge of the housekeeping, hey, listen, I have people over. Okay, they're getting paid for that. That's fair. In your case, it's your house, so just don't do anything. And uh, easy breezy, how come nothing is ready? And look at him and say, yeah, how come? I thought you would do it. I thought it was no big deal. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Yeah, th thank you so much, Simon. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Good luck to you, and have a good night. Thank you. You too, Simon. Coming up, this is going to be an interesting question I got on Facebook from Deborah about French kissing. So we're going to talk about French kissing coming up next. So I got this interesting question from Deborah on uh, my Facebook message at the Rendezvous show saying, Bonjour, Simon. It seems like French kissing always fades away in long-term relationships. Why do you think that happens? Ah, indeed, good question. Why do you think the French kissing part fades away in long-term relationships? I'll tell you what I think next. Have you ever noticed that you start to kiss passionately? But that's because the beginning. But if you are together for years, slowly but surely, the French kissing often disappear. And you go from 
you know, <laughs> glass of wine to ulala, full play or stuff like that. So why does it go away? It's the routine that makes it go away. It's the fact that it's the step one that says, I want you, I like you, I'm attracted to you. I like French kissing a lot. So I can't say it really disappears with me because I like that. So I can't answer for that. But I can say that from my friends, I think if there's too many unspoken, if there is a boredom and you don't keep it fresh and exciting. So it's an interesting thing to watch. Don't give up on French kissing. That's my advice. From the first day to the last day. It's erotic. You call the next. Bonjour, Kim. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Kim. What's up? Um, yeah, so this is kind of silly, but um, basically my, uh, my boyfriend uses baby talk on his dog, which I think is kind of cute, right? That uses the same baby talk with me now. Oh my it's not cute at all. Um, so I want to know how can I tell him that, like, you know, I love you, but please stop talking to me like that. So just so I understand exactly, can you imitate the kind of baby talk we're talking about? What do you want for dinner, baby? What would you like? Like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I see. And then uh, do you, why don't you say, who are you talking to? Are you talking to the dog or to me? I don't understand. <laughs> Okay, but yeah. That's the unspoken. If you don't say that, he doesn't know that he's condescending towards you to do this. You're not the dog. And if he talks to you with that baby talk he does with the dog, uh, either he's completely confused and Houston, we have a problem, or you just need to, to learn quickly the difference between his girlfriend and the dog. So I suggest that you look at him very straight in the eyes and who are you talking to, the dog or myself? Because you can't use the same tone for both. Right? Okay. Yeah, I can do that for sure. Maybe Kim, we'll get that. Straight to the point. Always straight to the point. It helps relationships. Mistakes I've made so many times in my life is not go straight to the point. You don't have to yell. You don't have to be dramatic. You don't have to be in people's face. Straight to the point. Awesome. Yes. All right, then. Kim, good luck with that. I think it'll be very educational for him. He'll never do it again, and it will help you guys. So I'm glad you called me, and thank you. Have a good night. Absolutely. Thank you, Simon. So let's emphasize about this. When is it time in a conversation when something annoys you to go straight to the point? We'll talk about that next. So I got I to gotta ask you this. How many times, whether now in a marriage, in a relationship, in a partnership, you've wanted to answer straight to the point, but by fear of, of rejection or by wanting to be too courteous or respectful you beat around the bush and la, 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 and blah, 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 and all that, instead of straight to the point. Like my last caller, you know, Kim goes, my boyfriend talks to me with the same baby voice he talks to the dog. What should I say? And I told her, go straight to the point. Who do you think you're talking to? The dog or myself? He'll understand. But she didn't do that at first, and now she will. And one of the things that I've learned from my many, many mistakes, and that's why I do this show, for you not to do like me, to do better than me. I've learned it the hard way, so take a listen to the next story that I'm going to tell you, personal, about what I used to do instead of going straight to the point, and then what happens next. So in my younger days, 
I would never go straight to the point. And what I would do, A, not tell how I felt, B, if I was upset or sad, you know, we'd try to, to say something about a fight we had. Thing. Like, I remember this girl forgot my birthday one year. Girl I was dating. I loved her. But I was afraid she would reject me, so I said I waited, and I said uh, later on, oh, you know, somebody forgot my birthday, and I didn't say you forgot my birthday, and she didn't even pay attention. And then later on, we, you know, I resented her for that. So I've learned, little by little, and also with my therapist, that language communication is the key of a healthy, fluid relationship. I just didn't know how to do it in my 20s, and nobody told me how to either. So please trust me. When you feel like it, no yelling, not in your face, no moving your hands, no pointing fingers. Straight to the point with your words. You call the next. Bonjour, Karen. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Karen. What's up tonight? My husband wants to go on a vacation alone. And I don't mean just us and no other couples. I mean specifically without me. Uh huh. Without you, with other people, or with or without you, and completely alone, like on a journey in the Alaska. Alone on his own, without me, without any other people, just on his own. Okay. And uh, did he say why? Uh, He just said that he needed time to rethink and recharge. I see. Now, this is the first time he's ever suggested this. Mm-hmm. How so, did that make you feel? I, I'm a little nervous. I feel it could be a bad sign for our marriage. It's not something I feel that I need to do. So I'm concerned. I understand I you're concerned. Okay with this. But is there any other red flags that it would be something else? You know, is there any other red flags or none? Not that I'm seeing. Okay. So, uh, how long you guys been married? Four years. Four years. Okay. Uh, how's the ulala between you guys? It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Fine. I, okay, I, so it's a good sign. That I can pinpoint to this. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, with everything we went through, COVID, this, that, the stress, some of us uh, might need a break. And I think that if your intuition believes this is not about cheating, then I would be encouraging him to go and uh, not be afraid of his adventure, but be supportive. Why? Because honestly, I think, and I've talked to a lot of couples, as you know, during this show for the last year and a half, just with the COVID and all, I think many people need to do the same thing. Take a week off from each other, Go explore, go walk, go swim, hike, do whatever. You know, it's not about cheating. It's not about ooh It's about emptying the stress on, uh, you know, with the nature and, and regrouping. Because I feel like really um, the biggest mistake couples are making these days is projecting on each other their frustration. So, Karen, I think it's okay he does that. If you trust him, let him do it. And even tell him, I think it's a wonderful thing. And then you follow your intuition. If everything goes well, he's coming back happy. Good for you. Then it's my turn, in other words. (laughs) Yes, if you want to, if you need to, why not? We have to give oxygen to ourselves. And those trips are the oxygen of relationships. We need sometimes to be on our own. It's not against you. Okay, well, good advice as usual. So thank you very much, Simon. 
Thank you, Karen. Good luck to you and have a good night. You too. Hey, this is a key question. When should exclusivity start? After the first French kiss, which is the French way, or after the famous DTR, the talk, the American way? Let's talk about that next. So I'm going to ask you this question. When should exclusivity start? The French, where I'm from, says first French kiss starts the exclusivity. You, you, you know, you can break up at any time, but you can't go from one mouse to the other kissing everybody or worse. The American way, as you know, it's you can do anything you want, kiss how many people you want, even ooh-la-la with how many you want until you have the DTR, talk, define the relationship. So I wanted to know what you thought, what was better, the French way or the American way. You're not going to believe it. 91% of you voted, I would prefer exclusivity to start at the first French kiss, the French way. Only 9% of you said after the DTR. I agree. I think this is crazy, confusing, and allowing many forms of madness. I think it's better to go, you kiss somebody, the relationship starts, you can end it at any time. One at a time. Bonsoir. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.